What's up? What's up? What's up? Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Drop Balls Podcast, your favorite podcaster's favorite sports podcast. Yes, you heard me right. I said your favorite podcaster's favorite sports podcast. Hope you all are having a good week so far. Hope you all have been able to enjoy some of these crazy-ass games during the NFL season, been able to enjoy the NBA games, um, college football, college basketball, both men and women's college basketball, hockey, if that's your thing, and as well as some of these uh, boxing matches that we've had over the past few weeks. We've had some really good ones, and we have some really good ones going forward, especially starting this weekend where we have, starting on Friday, actually, where we have Demetrius Andrade versus Jason Quigley, and then on Saturday, we have Terrence Bud Crawford versus Sean Showtime Porter on Saturday. So hope you all are going to be able to enjoy that as well. Before we get into this episode, I do want to take this time to say rest in peace to the artist, Memphis native, Young Dolph. Wednesday morning, well, it was Wednesday morning for me. It was afternoon for everyone else. We found out that he lost his life. He was killed. His life was taken away from him by a senseless act of gun violence. Um, he was killed in Makita's homemade butter cookie shop, and somebody pulled up and, and shot him while he was in the cookie shop. So, um, you know, I want to say rest in peace to young Dolph. I want to send some prayers up for his family, for his son, his daughter, his wife, um, and even for the city of Memphis, because I know he was doing some things in Memphis, some big things for the community in Memphis. Um, it's kind of reminiscent of when when Nipsey was taken from us, um, all of the things that he was doing out there in L.A. for for that community out there, for his community out there in L.A. Um, so, you know, I, I just want to take that time, quick moment of silence. Before we get into this show, get into the sponsors and everything, um, just a quick moment of silence for that. All right, so let's get started. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please do your boy a favor and go down and leave your boy a five-star rating in the comments and review section, as well as leave a comment. Let me know what you like, what you dislike about the show. Um, what you would like to hear more of on the show, and all of the above. But leave your boy that five-star rating one time. Um, and if you listen on Spotify, um, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, please be sure to like and subscribe. And also share it with your family members, share it with your friends, whoever you know that just loves sports as much as you do. Because you got to love sports if you're listening to the sports podcast. So share it with you know, your friends, your family, anybody that you know that loves sports just as much as you. Um, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, and I, I thank you all for listening. But before we get into this episode, I do want to let you know this episode has been brought to you by krathletics.com, King's Ransom Athletic Apparel. If you have not done so, check out krathletics.com. We have all of your athleisure wear. Um, it's very comfortable. You can work out in it. You can lounge in it. Whatever you want to do in it is comfortable enough for you to do that. Um, we got hoodies, crew necks, t-shirts, shorts, uh, sweatpants. We even got like winter, winter packable jackets. So it's good for the rain. It's good for the cold and everything. Um, so go check out krathletics.com and be sure to use the code DROPBALLS to get 15% off of your purchase. The link is down in the description. Click that link, find what you want, make that purchase, use the code DROPBALLS to get 15% off. Also, this episode has been brought to you by Thrive Fantasy App. If you like making prop bets, 
come prop up with us on Thrive Fantasy app. They take all of the research, all of the guesswork out of it because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in their respective sports. So download the app today. It is available on the Google Play Store as well as the Apple App Store. Click that link down in the description. Once you sign up, use the code DROPBALLS20. And when you make your initial deposit, they will match you up to $50 on that initial deposit. And so the initial deposit is $20. So if you make a $20 deposit, they'll match you $20. If you make a $30 deposit, they'll match you $30, so on and so forth, up to $50. So download the app today. Get to making this money with these prop bets and enjoy the ride. Enjoy this football season. Enjoy the basketball season, NHL, college, whatever it is that you choose. Enjoy it and make some money off of it. But let's get into this episode. And man, it's been crazy. So first off, I want to say the Colts had uh, they're they're doing their their in season hard knock series or series this this season. And it premiered today, and, you know, at first, I'm still kind of on the fence about it because I really don't want the distraction during the season, especially where we 5-5 and right now. Um, But the episode was pretty good. I enjoyed the episode, Um, and it looks like – because they really started off on, you know, Frank Wright going to go get Carson Wentz, but they really started from the Jacksonville Jaguars game. Um, that's where they really dove into leading up to that Jacksonville Jaguars game. And it was crazy because they was talking about how like seven Colts players got babies on the way. <laughs> we all know about the story of Carson Wentz saying he was going to play on Sunday. Um, even if his if the baby was coming, he was still playing on this past Sunday against the Jaguars. And luckily, the baby wasn't born until Tuesday. So Carson Wentz, he had his cake and he ate it. <laughs> he got He got his cake and ate it too. So um, he was able to play on Sunday, and he was also able to be there to see his daughter, his second daughter being born. Um, so that's good for him. Congratulations to him and his wife on bringing in a healthy newborn baby. Um, but, yeah, like the Hard Knock series, it was, it was pretty cool. The first episode was pretty cool. Uh, we're going to Buffalo next. I don't really know how I feel about them, you know, doing all of this. Like I said, I don't really want the distraction during the season. But apparently they don't think it's a distraction. They think that, you know, it's all good. They can they can handle that and they can go into these games and win these games. Um, but let's get into this week 10 recap because we had some crazy stuff going on this past week. Um, I thought week nine couldn't get any crazier and week 10 came along and went right along with week nine. Um, and it started bright and early on a Thursday. <laughs> well, not bright and early, but, you know, it started with the Thursday game. Um, where the Dolphins took on the, the Baltimore Ravens. They were in Miami, and the Dolphins just came out, and they they smacked the Baltimore Ravens. Um, they beat them 22-10, to 10, but if you look at – if you watch the game, the game wasn't even really that close. Um, they blitzed Lamar Jackson and that Baltimore Ravens offense all night. They would play with no safety in the middle of the field and just man-to-man and blitz. Like, that's just what they did all night against the Baltimore Ravens, and it was crazy because Baltimore wasn't able to throw the ball in the middle of the field or nothing because that's where you really want to attack, right? So, like, if, you, if you're getting blitz, there's no safety in the middle, you want to attack the middle of the field, and it just wasn't, it just wasn't happening for them. Now, Lamar, he went 26 of 43, 238 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and Tua, he went 8 for 13, 158. Now, Tua didn't start the game. Jacoby Brissett actually started the game. He went 11 of 23, 156, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. He got injured, and when he got when he got hurt, 
you know, he was ready to go back out there, but the coach, he was like, nah, we good. Brian Flores was like, nah, we're going with Tua. Um, so Tua went out there. Like I said, he went eight for 13, 158 yards, um, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. And it looked like that, uh, I believe he broke his finger or something. It looked like his broken finger was perfectly fine. Um, he was out there to go out there. He was able to go out there and do what he needed to do to help this team get the win. But it really wasn't the offense that, that got the win for them. It was really the defense because the defense carried. They scored, I believe it was one touchdown on offense, and that was two of running the ball. I think everything else was on the defense. I mean, they scored one touchdown on defense where Xavier Howard, I think, had a pick six. I think it was either a pick six or he he recovered a fumble and took it to the house. I think it, it might have been the fumble and took it to the house. Um, but, I mean, really, when you look at it, Offense didn't really do much. I mean, they rushed for 60 yards. They threw for 290 yards combined. That's between Tua and Jacoby Brissett. But they didn't really do much, you know? That defense, that defense though, gave Baltimore hell. That defense gave Baltimore hell. Um, yeah, it was a fumble recovery that Xavier Howard took to the house because um, Justin Coleman was the one that got the interception. But that defense showed up. They balled out. Jason Sanders hit three field goals. He had one extra point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they did what they needed to do to get the dub. They did exactly what they needed to do to get the dub. They have four sacks on on Lamar Jackson. But I will say the Baltimore defense also have four sacks on Tua, um, well, between Tua and Jacoby Brissett. But they – they hmm. Miami's defense has been, has been playing very well the past few weeks, and it was surprising to see them – uh, pretty much do the Baltimore Ravens like that. And even with Lamar Jackson, I believe they only held him to 39 yards rushing. Like, they were able to 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 rush the passer and stop the run. Like, they were able to do whatever they needed to do to go out there and get this win, and they did exactly that. Um, then let's go on to Sunday. And Sunday we had my Indianapolis Colts taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, man, for the longest this game was – it wasn't even close. And even to start the game, it looked like – it was about to be a stinker for the Jaguars. It looked like we were just about to laugh all the way to the bank against the Jaguars. Um, we took a, I believe it was a quick like 17 to O lead or like 14 to O lead or something like that. Um, Jacksonville kicked two field goals in the first quarter. Um, and we went up, we were up 17 to six after the first quarter. But then it was, it was 20 to, to nine. It was 20 to nine for like the whole first half or after, you know, the, or during the second quarter. It, we went up 20 to nine. Um, and then after that, we didn't do anything in the third. Neither neither team scored in the third. But in the fourth, Jacksonville scored, got an extra or got a two point conversion. And all we did was kick a field goal. But they got it. They got it to 20 to 17. Um, so it was, it was really a nail biter. And at the end of the game, the Colts defense made a big stop, um, getting a fumble recovery, sacking Trevor Lawrence and, and recovering a fumble. Um, so they, they really got a big stop at the end of the game to keep them from driving the field and potentially either tying it up, taking the lead, whatever it may be. Um, the Colts defense showed up big time. Um, Carson Wentz went 22 for 34, 180 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. He didn't really do much. Um, this game it was really all on the running game. Jonathan Taylor had like 93 yards rushing in the first quarter. Um, but he ended up with 21 carries, 116 yards, and one touchdown. Their defense really showed up in the second half to stop our, our run game on offense. Um, Trevor Lawrence was 16 for 35, 162 yards, 
He didn't really have a good game either. Um, but Jamal Agnew came out there and rushed the ball three times, 79 yards in the touchdown. He had a really big run that that's what was their touchdown in the um in the fourth quarter. Uh actually that was that was either the first or the fourth. It was one of those. Um, but that was their t- oh no, it was the first quarter. My bad. So they didn't they didn't kick two field goals, but they did in the first quarter. They actually scored because Jamal Agnew had that big, that big ass run. Um and he he scored. Um, but they missed the extra point. So that's what it was. They missed the extra point. But anyway, um, it was like 70-something yards. It was crazy because our defense doesn't really give up those kind of <laughs> runs, and we did, we did that day. Um, but it was, a, it, was a, it was a good game. I just wish our defense would be a little bit more aggressive. Um, but we're 5-5. Five and five. You know, That's all I can really ask for is that we're heading in the right direction. We're trending in the right direction. Uh, Carson Wentz is healthy, knock on wood. Hopefully he stays that way. Uh, Michael Pittman is balling this season. Jonathan Taylor's balling this season. They're doing what they need to do. The Colts are actually out here balling, doing everything I need them to do. They're doing pretty much what I expected them to do at the beginning of the season, but we didn't have a healthy quarterback. And now we're looking pretty good, and hopefully we can keep that trend going forward. But we have a rough we have a rough stretch ahead. Like we have uh, Buffalo this Sunday. We got the Buccaneers next Sunday. Then we got the Texans. Then we got the Patriots. We got the Cardinals. So we have we have a rough stretch ahead. Then we take on the Raiders and then the Jaguars at the end of the season. But really, four out of the five next games are really against contenders um, or playoff playoff teams. And so we we got to show that we belong by winning those games. Um, but, you know, I'll get into my picks a little bit later, especially who I have for this week um, when it comes to the Colts and, and Buffalo and all the other teams and stuff. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, the next game I, I, I watched was – let me get back to, to week 10 real quick. Um, we had the Cowboys and the Falcons, and that just really wasn't a game. Cowboys just had their way with the Falcons. Um defensively and offensively. Falcons are a confusing-ass team. One week they'll come out and, like, they'll look like they are a playoff team, and the next week they just shit the bed. So I really don't know what to make of the Falcons. They're 4-5, and five, and the Cowboys are surprisingly 7-2. and two. Now, I did say earlier this year that I had Washington football team winning the division unless Dallas has a defense. And now Dallas's defense isn't great, but they're a lot better than what they were last year. Um, so they, they've improved on the, on the defensive side of the ball. They're opportunistic. Um, hopefully I'm saying that right, (laughs) but, uh, the defense has improved. Um, so, you know, we'll see as we'll see how far they go, but right now they're looking like a playoff team. They're looking like a contender. Um, then we had the Titans and the saints. This was a close game. It was 23 to 21. And, you know, there, there's some things that happen in this game that, that, are very questionable. Like, uh, I believe there was an interception and they called a rough in the passer penalty on the Saints um, when they, after they intercepted the ball, which ended up giving the Titans the ball back. And I believe they scored after that. Um, so, you know, it was some questionable things, but the Titans offense, they look very stale without Derrick Henry. The offense doesn't look as good as it did when they had Derrick Henry. And I mean, rightfully so, right? Because it's Derrick Henry. Um, but the defense, it, they look like they have a very, a very, very good defense. 
Um, and I'm going I'm to answer some questions about that a little bit later. Then we had the Patriots go out there and beat the shit out of the Browns. And excuse my language. Um, <laughs> but they, they beat the Browns 45-7, to and it, it just didn't look good at all. Um, you could see that that May, Baker Mayfield and the Browns had came down from that little high that they had last week going to go play the Bengals. It was a divisional game. They were coming off the whole drama with Odell. And you could see where it, it wasn't there anymore. Um, defense wasn't swarming the ball like they were against the Bengals. Offense just didn't look good, especially – I mean, they also didn't have Nick Chubb, but Dearness Johnson went out there and rushed the ball 19 times for 99 yards. So I can't really blame it on that. But Mac Jones had a pretty efficient day. I w I'm not going to say he just straight up balled out, but he had a very efficient day on the Cleveland Browns. He was 19 for 23, 198 yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers. Ramondre Stevenson, the running back, 20 carries, 100 yards, two touchdowns. This is what I was expecting from Ramondre Stevenson. But because he was in a doghouse so early after that first game where he fumbled in the first game, and he'd just been in a doghouse, but now he had his little coming out party. Um, Baker Mayfield was 11 for 21, 73 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, he ended up getting hurt in that game. I believe he had a knee and ankle injury or something like that. Um, but then Case Keenum came in, and Case Keenum went 8 for 12, 81 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, Baker Mayfield didn't look good. He didn't look good at all. Um, the running back was the leading receiver. He was also – DeAndre Johnson was the leading receiver and the leading rusher. He had 58 yards receiving um, on seven receptions, 19 carries for 99 yards. Um, so he he did everything, but uh, there were some throws in there that I saw Baker Baker making, and I'm like, bro, like why are you throwing these why are you throwing these passes? Like you you can't you can't throw those. Um, now will he bounce back? Probably he'll probably bounce back this week. Um, but he he had a terrible game against the New England Patriots, and you know you know <laughs> y'all know how I feel about Baker. I, I've never been sold on Baker. Um, but yeah, you know, it is what it is. But before we get into the rest of this week, the, the rest of the, the week 10 breakdown or recap, I do want to, uh, I'm going to take a quick little break. Not I do, but I'm going to take a quick little break. Um, we, like I said, you know, we, we gave my little tribute to, to young Dolph and we're going to continue that. We're going to play some of his music during these breaks. Um, now if you got sensitive ears, you might want to skip over the music and get back to the show, but we're going to play some Young Dolph on this little break, and we'll be right back, man. We'll be right back after this quick little break. Motherfucking brother. I pay her bills and bad designer, but I don't love her. She just play a part when it's time to smuggle. I pull up, pick up that bag and burn rubber. I 
got a sweet tooth, but I stay away from suckers. For real though. No boo in Malibu was my last supper. We eating good. I fucked her in rush hour traffic, Chris Tucker. <laughs> yeah. Everybody screaming, gang, gang, gang. The folks come and get you, you gon' tell on the whole gang. Gang. She said, can she fuck me with my diamond shine? If I ain't in the bank, then I'm on the plane. About to go get some money or go spend some money. They stopped me in the airport, had too many binges on me. They don't want you to live. They don't want you to ball. Them push a smile in your face. Yeah, then they pray for you to fall. Hey, young nigga, stay focused. But I really want to crash. Think about where you at. Then think about your past. Right. Yeah, I really came from shit. Yeah. But I won't change for shit. No. My bitch say I'm stuck in my ways. Yeah. My wrist say I've been getting paid. Yeah. A hundred shots. A hundred shots. Me and my niggas pull up in a hundred drops. My role model used to get a hundred blocks. Hey. Hey. Street niggas in a tuxedo with a mark. She looked at my watch too long, now she see stars. I got so high last night, I did a show on Mars. Yo, bitch ate my dick, I caught her on them bars. My pinky ring, extra large. Phones all in the garage. Remember my first Menard? Yeah, Toy and Britney. I'm shopping for diamonds at Tiffany's. Nah, I don't got no sympathy. She blew my whistle like a referee. Broke black nigga, remember me? Until I found out that recipe. Started getting about 10 a week. Finger on the trigger when I sleep. Yeah, nigga, I'd rather you than me. Backseat smoking good weed. A hundred shots. A hundred shots. How the fuck you miss a whole hundred shots? Not welcome in my trap if you don't shop. Get out, bro. Before you come through that back door, you better knock. Get the door. They've been waiting on this gangster shit to drop. Even them fuck niggas that wish I could be stopped. Hey, hey. How many dicks you suck to get that couple million? <laughs> Self-made millionaire, oh what a feeling! My niggas came from dealing. Hey. Fuck nigga, get out your feelings. Hey. Your bitch got me sexual healing. Whoa. Guess who just walked in the building? No. Came out with six bitches. What? My uncle said that's pimping. My diamonds always hitting. Uh. You looking for your bitch? She with me, nigga. She ain't missing. No. I told you, fuck nigga, stay out my way, but you didn't listen. Stupid ass yeah. niggas. Big rocks hey. Hey. in my watch. In my watch. And we put extensions in all of the Glock. <laughs> A hundred shots, a hundred shots, shots. how the fuck you miss a whole hundred shots, yeah, stop. All right, so we back from that quick little break, and now that was Young Dolph, and that was 100 Shots off of his Bulletproof album um, that came out after his his tour bus, or not tour bus, but his, uh, I guess, Sprinter van was shot up when he was in, uh, I believe it was in Charlotte. Um, so that's one of his songs. I, man, I've been listening to Young Dolph for a long time. 
um, I think since like 2008, the year after I graduated high school, um, I've been listening to Young Dolph after his, I think it was his one of his first mixtapes um, that came out. And yeah, I, I've been listening to him for a long time. Um, but anyway, let's can let's continue with this episode. Uh, the next game, week ten, man, week ten was crazy. The next game was the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Detroit Lions. And now I figured the Detroit Lions, they it wasn't time for them to win any games this this season. They weren't going to win this week. They're not going to win at all this season. Um, and I, I figured even though Big Ben was out, Pittsburgh was going to be able to do what they do and go out there and get this dub. And that didn't happen. Mason Rudolph came in as the 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 quarterback. He went 30 for 50, 242 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Jared Goff, 14 for 25, 114 yards, no turnovers, no interceptions. Um, he didn't have any fumbles. He had no turnovers. But DeAndre Swift, he went for 138 or 130 yards on the ground. Najee Harris went for 105 on the ground. And this game ended in a 16-16 to tie. Of all games, this is the game that ended in the tie. And not only that, Detroit had a chance to win in overtime. And their kicker missed the field goal. Like, it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. He just, like, straight up missed the field goal. And this game ended in a tie. The Pittsburgh still is tied with the Detroit Lions. Now, I will say this. I believe if Big Ben was playing, then Pittsburgh easily win the, wins this game. Now, Big Ben hasn't been really good this season, but I think he is a better quarterback than Mason Rudolph. And I think he's he would be better at getting the job done than Mason Rudolph was. Um, I don't really think he's that great of a quarterback. We've seen this story before with Mason Rudolph. Even if he tries to push the ball downfield, he's just not that he's not that good a quarterback, in my opinion. Um, so I think if, if Big Ben was playing, then this would have been a, a game that the Steelers won. But unfortunately, he wasn't. And now the Steelers are 5-3-1. And, and the Lions are 0-8-1. Now, Washington football team, they beat the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I didn't watch that game, but it was one of the it was a big upset this week. Um, where Washington beat the Buccaneers, but Washington did end up losing. Um, they ended up losing Chase Young for the season. He tore his ACL, so he won't be back this season. Um, but, you know, praying for a speedy recovery for him to get back on that field and get back to doing what he does. Then we had the Carolina Panthers versus the, the Arizona Cardinals. And now I wanted to choose – like I chose the Cardinals this week but I or that week. I wanted to switch my pick to the Panthers so bad because with Cam Newton, I knew they was going to run the ball. They got P.J. Walker. He had a he had a pretty good game. I knew they were still going to run the ball. And that's exactly what they did. They ran it down the, Pan, or the, the Cardinals' throat. Not only that, but then you had Colt McCoy coming out there making mistakes, doing some making some dumbass passes that he shouldn't have been making. Um, there was one he rolled to the right and then threw it back across his body. It went all the way over the receiver and straight into the DB's hands. It was just a dumbass play. Um, but Cam Newton, man, he came out there. He went three for four, eight yards, one touchdown. He had his first two snaps. He had a touchdown. He had a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. He was uh, his rushing touchdown was two yards. His passing touchdown was two yards. So first two snaps, four yards, two touchdowns. He ended the game three for four, eight eight yards, one touchdown. Um, 
and then he had a rush a rush for two yards and a touchdown. But he ended up with like three rushes for 14 yards. P.J. Walker, he was 22 for 29, 167 yards, one interception. He had he didn't have any scores, but he had one interception. Um, Chuba Hubbard, he had a, a touch or Chuba Hubbard, he had a touchdown. Um, Christian McCaffrey rushed for 13, 13 carries, 95 yards. Um, this this game just got out of hand really quick for the Arizona Cardinals, who went down. They lost this game 34 to 10. Um, so that brings them to eight and two. Now, I, I know last week I said, you know, I believe in this team and I I, I still kind of believe in them. But this is this goes back to what I was saying about, you know, <laughs> you know, um, but also Kyler Murray's been hurt. D hop's been hurt. So they haven't been playing either. But this is this is kind of the same thing that happened last year with them. Um, but the Panthers, they were riding a high, though, for real, because Cam Newton came back. He brings so much energy to the team. Everybody was happy to have him. And I don't know how Sam Darnold is feeling right now, but you got to see the difference between Sam Darnold and Cam Newton. Now, he didn't he didn't start last week because he had just gotten there. So he wasn't going to get a lot of snaps. And now I believe he's going to be starting this week against the Washington football team, which this is another game where it's probably going to be very high emotions. Cam is returning back to Bank of America Stadium. And then you got Ron Rivera coming back to Bank of America Stadium as well. So this whole this game is going to be electric. I wish it was on national TV. Uh, it's probably, you know, they're probably, of course, airing it over there in, in Carolina. But this is going to be a big game. It's going to be electric in that stadium. Um, and I can't, I'm going to find a way to watch it, but it's going to be electric. Then we had uh, the Eagles went out there and beat the Broncos 30 to 13. Chargers beat the or Vikings beat the Chargers 27 to 20. I told y'all that was going to happen because they were just going to run the ball. Dalvin Cook had 24 carries, 94 yards, and a touchdown. Kirk Cousins 25, 25 of 37, 294 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, I do want to talk about this Eagles and Broncos game though because I want to say that Jalen Hurts has been playing amazing since you know the past three weeks. And I want to attribute that to the team actually committing to the run and helping. This is helping Jalen Hurts uh, get better as a passer. It's clearing up some of the passing lanes for him because now the defenses have to try to stop the run and the play action and all of that. So it's clearing up some of these passing lanes. And, and you can see the progression in Jalen Hurts' game. Now, they had 216 rushing yards. They ran the ball 39 times against the Denver Broncos. Yes, this is the same Denver Broncos team that went out there and beat the hell out of the uh, Dallas Cowboys last week. This is the same team. And Philadelphia went out there and put up 30 points to Denver's 13. But they ran the ball 39 times, 216 yards. They didn't score in the running game at all. But 216 yards and 39 carries, that's a lot. And that's what they should have been doing. And it's a great balance because Jalen Hurts – Threw the ball 23 times, completed 16 passes, highly efficient, 178 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Devonta Smith went out there, four receptions, 66 yards, two touchdowns. So this was a very, very efficient game for the Philadelphia Eagles, um, and I, I'm excited to see them moving forward. I'm excited to see Jalen Hurts' progression moving forward as well. Um, and, no, I, I've talked a lot of stuff about the Eagles, about, you know, Carson Wentz not being there and they're still having the same issues. And they did. They really did up until that point. I mean, up until Nick Sirianni started running the ball and doing what he needed to do, you could see that offense progressing. Defense is playing pretty well as well, but you could see that offense progressing and everything. 
And um, even in that game, you saw Teddy Bridgewater make a business decision when Darius Slate intercepted the ball. I believe he returned it for a touchdown, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Um, he intercepted the ball and returned it for a touchdown because Teddy Bridgewater kind of just, you know, not even stuck his shoulder out there. He kind of just like turned his shoulders and let Darius Slay run straight past him. He made a business decision. I didn't. He didn't want to die for the ball. I want y'all to give Teddy Bridgewater the same shit y'all gave Cam Newton for that fumble in the Super Bowl. I, you know, I and I understand it's a Super Bowl. There's no more games after that, so you got to put your body on the line. But also, in these kind of games, man, when these games could go either way, hey, you got to go out there, especially if it's your fault. You got to go out there and put your body on the line, man. You got to. Um, then we had the Seahawks going to Green Bay. Seahawks lost, unfortunately, 17-0 to to the Green Bay Packers. There's some questionable things that happened to that game, especially like the interception um, that Kevin King made on the side or in the end zone. There's some questionable things, um, and it was upheld as an interception. So there's there's something that they saw that we couldn't see on like the regular screens, um, whether he had possession or not when he came down with two feet and was falling towards the ground. Um, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers didn't have too great of a game. Russell Wilson had a terrible game. Um, he was 20 for 40, 161 yards, two interceptions. Aaron Rodgers was 23 of 37, 292, and one interception. Now, both of them are coming back from, you know, being out. Russell Wilson was because, you know, he had, he had that, that finger issue. Um, and Aaron Rodgers was, well, we all know what happened with Aaron Rodgers. Um, but, yeah, there, there was some questionable stuff that happened in this game. Um, but the Seahawks, man, they just they're just not looking like a really they're not looking like a really good team. And there's there's a lot of reasons why um the not committing running the ball. Um, I mean, they they really stopped running the ball after they were down three to zero. There was really no point to stop running the ball at that point. Um you you gotta still stick to the run game. I mean, Alex Collins had ten carries, forty one yards. He's averaging four point one yards a carry. Uh you got to stick to the run game. You got to you got to try to get some rushing yards. There's no reason in that kind of game Russ should have been throwing the ball 40 times, especially in his first game back. But, you know, they know better than I do. That's why they're the coaches, right? So they do what they do. That's why they get the big bucks. Um then we had let's let's keep it going. Then we had the uh the Sunday night game between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, you know, initially I picked the Raiders to win this game, and then I ended up changing my pick because I was like, you know what? I kind of feel like Kansas City would win that game. It was for it was the because I mean Denver lost, the Chargers lost, and Kansas City if they won that game, they took control of the AFC West, and they went they won that game. The offense looked back to normal. Um, I mean, Patrick Mahomes still made some ill-advised throws. Let's not, you know, let's not trip about that. He still made some ill-advised throws, but he was he was better than he's been in the past weeks, uh, or in the past weeks, past week. Yeah, I said it right. <laughs> um, they still had a turnover. Tyreek Hill fumbled the ball, turned the ball over. Um, but Patrick Mahomes, he was 35 for 50, 406 yards, five touchdowns. They ran the ball. They ran the ball 25 times, which is surprising for Kansas City. And that defense looked a lot better against the Las Vegas Raiders. They they beat them 41 to 14. That defense looked a lot better than it has in the past few weeks against the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, I will say this. Um, if you look at if you go back to the Giants game, Giants only scored 17 points. Now, granted, it is the Giants. 
Um, you go back to the Packers game. Packers only scored seven points. Now, granted, they did not have Aaron Rodgers, so that that's a big deal. So that's why I say um, when you look back at it, it really wasn't like, I mean, you couldn't have saw this coming, right? Especially how we've seen the Raiders playing over the past few weeks. Um, you couldn't have saw this coming, especially at home for the Raiders. But they only scored 14 points. And, you know, Kansas City went out there and did what they did what they needed to do. Um, and they got they got the dub. They are now in control of the AFC West. All they got to do is keep winning. Keep winning. They played the, the Dallas Cowboys this week, week 11. We could see some fireworks in that game. Um, Monday night, man. We had the Monday night stinker by the L.A. Rams. They went out there and got demolished by the 49ers. And you could tell from the start of the game that the 49ers was just going to come out there and hit the Rams in their mouth and just over and over and over and over again on my Marshawn Lynch, um, just continuously. And, you know, I, I saw a lot of people trying to say, oh, this is this is Odell's fault. He brought this with them. Some people joking, but some people were serious. Um but, I mean, Odell only played 15 snaps. Like, let's be real. He only played 15 snaps out of, like, 54, 50, 56. I believe it's 54 snaps. Um, so, you know, the other 39 snaps that he wasn't on the field, that's all Matthew Stafford and the rest of the L.A. Rams. Um, he had one practice with them. So the, the thing was, is I think Odell would have been used a lot more had the Rams not gone down quickly. Like, they went down 14-0 quick. Um, I believe it was like the third play of the game. Matthew Stafford tried to force a ball downfield into double coverage to Odell. And now, yes, I get it. Odell stopped running. He stopped running his route. But I believe in, I mean, when you're looking at that, you're not thinking, okay, I got a safety over top of me. I got a corner over top of me. Like, he's not throwing this ball down here. There's no way in hell he's going to throw this ball down here. And so Matthew Stafford not only throws the ball, and now, Odell's running down the rail. He's running straight down the sideline, down the rail. Matthew Stafford threw the ball downfield, but he threw it like 12 yards inside. So, like, the 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 distance from the NFL sideline, from the sideline on the NFL field, the sideline to the, to the top of the numbers is 12 yards. Odell is right there on the sideline, like literally running on the sideline. Matthew Stafford threw that thing 12 yards inside of him. Like, come on, and, and downfield. So, you know, but I, I blame that on I blame that on Matthew Stafford. Also blame that on them not having too much chemistry. Um, you know, Odell doesn't know he's going to throw that ball, and Stafford doesn't know he's going to stop that route. So, you know, once, like I said, they've only had, like, maybe one practice and a walkthrough together. So they haven't had too much time together. And I think they said Stafford has only thrown Odell, like, two passes in practice. So – they, they got to get that chemistry going. They'll probably get it this week because they have a bye week. So you know they're going to sit and they're going to work on things. They're going to go over plays and everything so that way they can get that chemistry down. But Matthew Stafford, he threw that interception. The 49ers went down and scored. He threw another interception, and that interception is not his fault. Um, he threw it to Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby just whiffed the ball. It went into the DB's hands, and he, t- he took it in for a touchdown. I believe it was uh, Jimmy Ward. So Jimmy Ward had two interceptions, but he he intercepted the ball from Jimmy Ward and took it into the end zone. And so um, San Francisco came out there and just smacked him in the mouth, 31 to 10, ended the game. Uh, but the Rams played him again, and I expect the Rams to be a lot better. Odell will be better. Matthew Stafford will be better. 
Um, they played him the last game of the season. Then you also got Von Miller, who would be better as well because he just got with the team like 14 days ago. So he's still trying to learn as well. Um, so there's a, there's a lot going on with that. But they'll get them acclimated. The bye week helps, especially bye week helps this week. Then they go to, uh, I believe they go to Lambeau to take on the Green Bay Packers. Um, we're going to take a, another quick little break. Once again, playing some young Dolph. So if you got some sensitive ears, you may want to skip over it. We're going to take another quick little break, and when we come back, we're going to get into my week. We're going to get into some more stuff about, you know, the Colts and about the uh, the Seattle Seahawks. And then we're going to get into the Week 11 picks and then the questions and answers segment. But we'll be right back. What's going on in real life, though? When you get out that microphone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Come on for real life, though. Grandma called and told me that she need a new car. Said she heard that her grandson is a superstar. Mama said, don't worry, she's sick, but she good, though. Mom and dad are in the suburbs, but they hood, though. Yeah. My little brother locked up just for trying to get some paper. But I can't blame him because his big brother paper chaser. Keep some money on his books, man. That young nigga straight. He said he don't want no visits. That young nigga ate. My best friend mama getting sick about a day. Council took over her body, got her all in pain. My homie going through it, I see it all in his face. Now everybody bow your head. It's time to pray. Tell your mama you love her while she here. Tell your pop that you love him while he here. For real. Tell your homeboy you love him while he here. For real. One day you hear this, day you gone. Hey. For real. Hey. Hey. It's that time of the year. It's a lot of shit going on around here. Hey. Tell your bitch that you love her while you here. Yeah. If it wasn't for her, would your kids be here? Sometimes I just sit back and think. All the time. Do I think too hard or do I think enough? I don't know. Everything that I do, I got a son watching now. Damn. I got nephews and little cousins that look up to me. Damn. Yeah, I made it up out them streets, nigga, luckily. Only if you knew what I've been through. Mama stressing out cause the rent due. Yeah. Went to grandma grave and told her I miss you. I miss you. It's hard to stay focused out here living in hell. Yeah. The only way to get ahead is if you catch yourselves. Yeah. You got niggas out here every day catching shells. It's real life shit right here. No fairy tales. Hey. Tell your mama you love her while she here. For real. Tell your pop that you love him while he here. For real. Tell your homeboy you love him while he here. For real. One day you're here, next day you gone. Hey. For real. Hey. Hey. It's that time of the year. A lot of shit going on around here. Hey. Tell your bitch that you love her while you here. Yeah. If it wasn't for her, would your kids be here? All right, so we're back from that quick little break. And now that was another Young Dolph song, While You're Here. Um, hope you all enjoyed that one. But let's get into let's get into these Colts, man. Let's get into these Colts. We're finally 500. And now I remember talking to Mike Patton. He's the host of Turn the AFC South. He had me on his show. We were talking a little about a little bit about the Colts. And this is one thing I saw when I was watching Hard Knocks because he asked me about Darius Leonard being a leader. 
um, watching the Hard Knocks episode, it looks like he is a very vocal leader. Um, I, I told him I didn't really know. You know, I'm not in the locker room. I'm not in the huddle from the outside looking in. It looks like he is a leader. But from what I've seen on Hard Knocks, this is the inside. Like, you know, you in the inside now. Um, he looks like he is a very vocal leader, um, especially the leader of that defense. And so I think that's a big thing for him, a big thing for that defense, because Darius Leonard is a beast. Um, and he, we're going to need him going forward, especially against Buffalo this week. Like I said, we're finally 500. We're 5-5. Five and five. Um, And it's time to get rolling. We played the Buffalo Bills this week. We saw the Buffalo Bills against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I believe it was, what, week 9, and Jacksonville held them to 9 points. Now, the Bills did come up here and put out 45 points against the, the New York Jets this past week, which isn't surprising because that's something we did as well. But this week, one thing that was a lot different than what it was last or uh, week nine against the Jaguars, the Buffalo Bills committed to running the ball. They had a very balanced offense this game. Now, whether it was receivers running the ball, running back running the ball, Josh Allen, whoever, they committed to, to running the ball. They ran the ball 24 times. Josh Allen only threw the ball 28 times. Now, I don't know if they realize, hey, we need to run the ball because uh, being one-dimensional isn't going to help. It's kind of the same thing with Kansas City where you were playing cover two against them or the, had two high safeties, daring them to run the ball because you knew they wouldn't. They're just going to throw the ball into coverage. And so that's kind of how the Buffalo Bills were doing, and they haven't looked right since. Um and so, you know, teams started playing too high against them as well because if you're not going to run the ball, we're just going to commit to stopping the pass. If you're going to run the ball, then, you know, we'll have to change up defenses. But if you're not going to run the ball, then we're not going to commit to, you know, stopping the run when you're not even doing it. Um, so they ran the ball 24 times. Now, that's one of the things where playing the Colts, I don't know how the Buffalo Bills are going to come out. But the thing is, is that if they're only going to run or if they're only going to throw the ball, we have to make sure that we commit to stopping them from throwing the ball and make them run. Um, our run defense has been our strength. Uh, our defense hasn't been as good as it, you know, as it has been in seasons past, like how it was last year. Um, and Buffalo has, I think, the number one defense right now. Um, so that's that's going to be something like. They only allow about 15 points a game. They only allow 274 yards a game. So, you know, it's going to be rough facing them this week. But I think for us, we have to commit to stopping the pass. You know, our run defense is middle of the pack, but our pass defense is significantly worse. Um, or not significantly worse, but it is kind of, you know, lower tier. Our run defense is, is middle of the pack, but our, our passing defense is middle or, you know, lower tier. So we got to commit to stopping the pass, whether that's playing too high and trying to make them commit to the run or whatever it is. But we have to figure that out. Um, if, if Buffalo comes out there in a balanced offense, it's going to be a long game. Now, I know our, I think our offense can put up some points. I think our offense can do some things. Even if Buffalo has a really good run defense, I still think Jonathan Taylor can go off. Um, we have the offensive line to do it, and we, we have one of the best running backs in the game right now. Um, really, outside of Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor may be the best running back in the game right now. Um, so, you know, we, we really have to go out there. We got we to gotta play them kind of how San Francisco played the L.A. Rams. We got to smack them in the mouth, impose our will, 
and you know just just go off of that. Like we have to be the more physical, more aggressive team. Um, and then if we if we end up getting a lead like we did against the Baltimore Ravens, if we end up getting a lead, you cannot take your foot off the pedal. You gotta keep your foot on the gas, put foot on neck, and just keep going. Like you gotta suffocate them. You gotta take them out. Um, I think if we win, like I said, we're getting into a playoff stretch of teams. We got the Buffalo Bills. We got the Buccaneers. We got the Arizona Cardinals. Um, we got the Oakland Raiders. We got, uh, uh, I forget who else it is that we play um, during this stretch of games. Um, oh, the, the New England Patriots. Like, we have to beat these teams in order to show that we are a playoff caliber team. If we can't beat these teams, then that's how I know we're not a playoff caliber team this year, and it's time to pack it up and get ready for next year. Um, but, you know, we're 5-5. Five and five. We don't really have any, any room for error right now. Um, now, if we had only lost, like, three games up to this point, then, yeah, we got a little bit, a little bit of wiggle room. But um, the AFC is wide open, but you still can't continue to lose. The AFC is is very wide open, but you you got to win some of these games to prove that you can contend and and, and make it into the playoffs. Um, now the Seahawks, man. I, I mean, I live in Seattle, and I don't mean to bash Seattle. Uh, most of y'all know I'm not a Seahawks fan. Y'all know how I feel about Seattle. Um, and I, I I saw something where PFF said like Seattle has the easiest schedule left, or one of the the top three easiest schedules left. But when I look at that schedule and I look at Seattle. I'm not too sold on it, especially that team where it just doesn't look like it has gotten any better since week two. Week one, they looked like they were going to be legit. And then week two, it was like, what in the hell? Um, And they've looked bad ever since. Now, granted, Russ did get hurt. He missed some games. Um, But it's still like even him being back against the Packers, I know he got a butt. He got a uh, dust himself off, dust some rust off or whatever. But it, it just didn't look good. Um, now they go play the Arizona Cardinals this weekend, and if Arizona has Kyler Murray and uh, and Nuke back, then it's going to be a long day for the Seattle Seahawks because I don't think they can handle that that high powered offense and that defense is legit except against the run game. So you're going to have to commit to the run if you're going to play Arizona. Um, then they take a Washington football team who who came off of a big win against the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I don't know if Washington is. Is is back? I mean, I would I would imagine they're probably not because especially losing Chase Young, that defense may not be back to how it was last year. But uh, they play with a lot of energy, and if they can keep that up going forward. Then that might be a tough game for for the Seattle Seahawks. Then they got the 49ers. They got the Texans. We just saw what the 49ers did to the to the L.A. Rams. But then they got the Rams after the Texans. Then they got the Chicago Bears, who don't have a sorry defense. They'll win against the Lions. But then they play the Cardinals again at the end of the season. Now, the way I see this playing out, you lose to the Cardinals twice. You lose to the 49ers. You beat the Texans. You beat Washington football team. You beat the Bears. You beat the Lions. So that puts you at what? One, two, three, four. That's four games you win. Right now they're three and six. That's looking like seven and ten to me, man. That That's really looking like like seven and ten to me for uh for the Seattle Seahawks, and they may miss the playoffs unless you know something changes on that defensive side of the ball and on the offensive side of the ball. If something changes, then you know Seattle can maybe get out this slump and make a run for it. But the 49ers looked really good against the Rams. They looked really good against the Rams. They looked like the 49ers of 2019. 
that's how they looked against the Rams. And if they can carry that on, that's going to be a tough-ass game for the Seattle Seahawks. Now, granted, the first game Seattle won, but they won 28-21. to So it's still a close game. But, uh, you know, it, it, we're going to see. We're we, we going to see going forward what happens. Um, but let's get to these Week 11 picks, man. So Week 11. Thursday night football, we got the Patriots versus the Falcons. Now, the Patriots, the seven-point favorites, I think they may beat the Falcons worse than that. Um, I got the Patriots winning this game. Um, then we get the Sunday, we got the Colts versus the Bills. I'm riding with my Colts. I, I really can't pick against my Colts. Like I said, I think we're trending in the right direction, and I think we're going to have a game plan ready for the Buffalo Bills. Um, they're seven-point favorites, but I, I think we want to have a game plan ready for the Buffalo Bills, and I think we may be able to win that game. A lot of people doubted me when I said we could beat the Ravens, and we we should have beat the Ravens, but, you know, Lamar Jackson happened, and our defensive coordinator got really soft on us in, in, in that defensive scheme. Um, then we got the Ravens versus the Bears. I got the Ravens beating the Bears. They're going to bounce back, get that dub over the Bears. Um, then you got the Browns and the Lions. Now, if Baker Mayfield is back, I'm taking the Browns to beat the Lions. Um, even, I mean, even if Case Keenum plays, I still take the, I still like the Browns to beat the Lions. I assume Nick Chubb will be back this week um, and be able to, you know, do what he does against the, the Detroit Lions. Um, we got the Tennessee Titans versus the Houston Texans. As much as I would love the Texans to beat the Titans, I got to go with the Titans in this game. They're going to beat the Texans. They're a 10-point favorite. They're at home. They're going to beat the Texans. They they got to beat the Texans. I know Tyrod Taylor is back, but he didn't really look too good in his first start back. Maybe he just got to dust the rust off himself, but he didn't look too good in his first game back. Then we got the Green Bay Packers versus the Minnesota Vikings. I'm taking the Packers in this game. I know they lost Aaron Jones, but they do have A.J. Dillon, who can tote that rock his damn self. So I'm taking the Green Bay Packers and, and Aaron Rodgers to beat the Minnesota Vikings. Um... We got the Dolphins and the Jets. Now, it came out today that Joe Flacco is starting for the Jets, and I'm pretty sure they went with the veteran quarterback because the Mike White era is over. That man had four interceptions last game. All y'all was talking about, oh, he's better than Zach Wilson this, Zach Wilson that, blah, 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 blah. Man, nah. He, he's not that good. That's the reason why he's been on the bench, and that's the reason why he didn't come in until Zach Wilson got hurt. It's, there's a reason for things, right? Um, but I got the Dolphins beating the Jets. Joe Flacco starting. I still like the Dolphins to beat them. And I, I, like I said, I think it's because the Dolphins like the blitz. And Joe Flacco can probably navigate that a little bit better than a Mike White and a Zach Wilson who's still kind of banged up, not 100%. So I think that's why they're going with Joe Flacco here. Um, but I still like the Dolphins to win this game. Whether Tua or Jacoby Brissett starts, I still like the Dolphins to win that. We got the Saints versus the Eagles next. Um, and this might be an upset. I'm going with the Eagles to beat the Saints. They're at home. They've been they've been toting the rock. They've been they've been doing some things. And crazy thing, Philly is a one point one and a half point favorite. Um, I'm taking the Eagles to win this game. Now the Saints very well could win this game, but I, I like the Eagles' chances here, and I'm riding with the Eagles. Um. Then we got Washington football team versus the, the Carolina Panthers. This should be the game that Cam is starting. And like I said, it's going to be electric. They're going to be riding on emotions in Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. Cam's first home game, I'm pretty sure. That stadium is going to be packed. They're going to be loud. I'm riding with the Panthers to win this game against the Washington football team. 
Um, and it's not even going I don't I don't know if it's going to be close, but I like Cam to win this game. Um then we got the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the San Francisco 49ers in Jacksonville, Florida. And after what the 49ers just did to the Rams, I'm rocking with the 49ers. I I made an early prediction that the Jags were going to win their third game. But after I saw what the 49ers was doing against the Rams, and saw, I mean, now granted, it is a divisional game, and it was still on the West Coast, and it was at home. I get that. But I think that defense for the 49ers is back. They didn't commit as many penalties last week as they have over the past few games this season with the, the pass interference penalties. Um, and I think they go out there and beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars defense is underrated. So y'all need to watch out for them. Josh Allen is a beast. Got to watch out for the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. But like I said, I don't think that offense is good. I think the 49ers, they try to run the ball down their throat. Uh, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, I think both of them are going to have a really good game. And the 49ers win this game. Then we got the Bengals versus the Raiders in Las Vegas, and I'm rocking with the Bengals coming off of the bye week over the the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. The Bengals have just got their ass kicked to the, the the Browns, so coming back off of that bye week, I'm pretty sure they they looking to ramp things back up and keep things going. So I got them winning this game against the Raiders. Then we get to then we get to the 125 game. Dallas Cowboys versus the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. Kansas City's two-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm going with Kansas City to win this game. I think they found a formula that works for them. Um, I mean, now, granted, I will say the Cowboys, their defense makes plays when they need to make plays. But if they can't get back to Patrick Mahomes, they're going to be in for a long, long day. And I like the Chiefs to win this game. Um but it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a shootout. I don't really think both de- – I don't think both defense – neither defense is good. They're decent. I don't think they're good. But I think that uh, – I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. The The over-under is 56. I, I think it goes above that. I think it goes ab- above 56. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Um, but I'm taking – I like Kansas City's chances in a high-scoring game. Then we got the Cardinals and the Seahawks. If Kyler Murray is playing and uh, DeAndre Hopkins is playing, I'm going with the Cardinals to win this game over the Seahawks in Seattle. Um, Weather permitting as well. I don't know if it's going to be raining here or not. I doubt it. It looks like it's just going to be cold and cloudy. Um, Then we got the Steelers versus the Chargers on on Sunday night. (laughs) I don't even know why we have this game on Sunday night. But if Big Ben is back, I'm probably going to go with the Steelers. They're going to run the ball. They're going to run Najee Harris. Um, they're going to do what they need to do. But I'm going with the Steelers to win this game in L.A. Then the Monday night game, Tampa Bay versus the Giants. Tampa Bay's Tom Brady's not about to lose two in a row. I'm going with Tom Brady over the Giants. Actually, I guess they already did lose two in a row. He ain't going to lose three in a row. I'm going with, with Tom Brady over the New York Giants at home in Tampa Bay for the Monday night game. Um Oh, they placed okay. I, I just saw they placed uh, Richard Sherman on injury reserve. I thought it, I thought I said they had taken him off, but yeah. So I got I got him winning this game against the New York Giants in Tampa. Um, like I said, I don't think he's losing three in a row. It's just not gonna happen, in my opinion. It's not gonna happen. All right, let's get to it, man. You got questions, I got answers. So you know, every week, if you follow your boy on Twitter, every week I ask the question. Or I ask you all to give me your questions so I can answer it on the show. Um, and I got some I got some good questions this week. So from Mike Patton, 
from touring the AFC South. Um, he asked me, why do you or why is it you think no one really believes in the tit- the Titans are for real? Been seeing a lot of national media folks like Keyshawn Johnson downplay them. And, you know, at first I was like, you know, I, I really don't know. I, I couldn't understand it myself. Um, but, you know, after seeing the offense for the past few weeks, I could see where the doubt is coming in at. Because um, the offense hasn't really been that good since Derrick Henry has has been out. Now, yeah, they did go out there. They beat the Rams. Um, they beat the Saints. But if you look at it, it was really the defense making plays and forcing turnovers and doing what they need to do to help out that offense, give them short fields um, and, and everything. So I, I think that's why they're probably not sold on them yet. And while, you know, through the first 10 games, they are eight and two, I will give them that. But if you look back over previous years under Mike Vrabel, um, like just go back to, to 2020, and although they did make the playoffs, they finished 11 and uh, 11 and five. They didn't make the playoffs. But when you look through the first 10 weeks, they were six and three. They had a bye week in there in week four. But they were six and three through the uh, through the first 10, the first 10 weeks of the season. And then they went on to finish. They lost three more games, but they won. What was it? Five more games. So they went five and three in their last stretch. Um which isn't or not my bad, not five and three, five and two in their last stretch, which isn't bad. But then they lost in the first round of the playoffs. So I think that's where where they're looking at. And really, that was their only good season under Mike Vrabel because they went 11 and five last year. Um, the year before that, in 2019, they were nine and seven. And when you look through the first 10 games, they were five and five. Um, so they were sitting like the Colts, <laughs> but uh, they went nine and seven. And they I mean, they did make it to the conference championship game where they lost to Kansas City. So I will give them that. Uh, then go back to 2018. 2018, first 10 games, they were five and four. They went on to finish nine and seven. So I, I think people are looking at this history um, and saying that, okay, they had one good year, like one really good year under Mike Vrabel. Every year, every other year has been kind of mediocre. Um, and not only that, but the offense doesn't look the same without Derrick Henry. And what we know of the Tennessee Titans, when they get in the playoffs, they they run that rock, man. When they get in the playoffs, they run the shit out the ball in the playoffs. That's the only those are the only things I could see on why they're not sold on the Tennessee Titans. Other than that, I really couldn't tell you. Um, because I think they are a good football team. They have a really good defense. I just think their offense is lacking right now because they don't have Derrick Henry. Um, so I mean that's just that's just me and what I'm thinking right now. Um, then P shark, he asked me, um, he is also the host of the less tighten up podcast. Um, but he asked me, do I think Stafford can win a big game in the playoffs when it, when the time comes? Um, I think he can, if he gets out of his own way. Um, you know, the, the thing is, is the regular season, like he said, he can, he makes certain throws because he can make those throws. He has the arm time to make those throws. But in the playoffs, you gotta you gotta protect the ball. Every possession is every possession is valuable, and that's the thing that he has to learn in the playoffs. Where, um, yeah, he can still throw the ball, but in order to have success, you have to protect that ball. You can't go out there and just gunsling it. You gotta you gotta protect the ball. You gotta uh, you gotta get into the right plays. And Sean McVay also has to know you gotta continue running the ball. You gotta you got you can't get away from the run too quick. Like you can't just get away from the run just because you're not having some success right now. You got to continue. You got to continue to run that rock. 
and and hopefully to get to stay in games. And I think if they get Odell up to speed, I think Matthew Stafford will have a, a new toy he can throw to um, in the playoffs, and I think that'll work out for him. Now, my boy Damian Adams, he hit me with two two good questions. Um, he's the host of the Real Deal with Damian Adams podcast. is a really dope podcast. Actually, all of these dudes, they have really dope podcasts. So be sure to go check out all of them. Like I said, P-Shark, Let's Tighten Up podcast, and Mike Patton, uh, Turn the AFC South, Damian Adams, The Real Deal with Damian Adams. Go check out all of their podcasts, really dope podcasts. Um, but he asked me right now, who is my top, who's my top five in the MVP race? Um, man, the crazy thing is before Derrick Henry got hurt, Derrick Henry was one of my top five. Um, he was, he was definitely in my top five, but I mean, right now, if you're, if you're looking at it really, it's probably five quarterbacks to be honest. Um, and for me, uh, Kyler Murray should have been up there, but what hurts Kyler Murray right now is he's missed two games. Um, so him not being there, that, that hurts him. But I think at this point you got to put you got to keep Matthew Stafford in there because although he has been struggling as of late, he has three thousand yards, twenty four touchdowns, eight interceptions, completing sixty seven point seven percent of his passes. They're seven and three. You know, record has a big thing to do with it. They're seven and three. Um, so Matthew Stafford is still in there. Now he's probably my fifth pick, but he's they're still in there. Um, got to put Tom Brady in there. He's having an amazing season at age forty four. They're six and three. See, like they're six and three as well. Um, Stafford seven and three. Brady six and three. So they're they're still winning. Yes, they've lost some games over the past few weeks. They both lost two in a row. But you still got to keep them in there because they're balling. Um, but Tom Brady two thousand eight hundred and seventy yards, twenty seven touchdowns, seven interceptions, sixty seven point four percent completion percentage. So he's also in there. Um, I. I guess you can put I don't I don't really want to put I don't really think Josh Allen is in there cuz he hasn't really had the season that I was expecting him to have. Um but although like I said Buffalo is 6 and 3, he has had a pretty good season. Um 2600 yards, 19 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, 66.3% completion percentage, but honestly, I would rather put a a uh Lamar Jackson up in there. And the reason I say that is because he doesn't have all of the numbers that all of these quarterbacks have, but he has the wins. They're six, he has Baltimore at 6-3, and three, and this is a team that has had hella injuries. This is the team that they their injuries were looking like the San Francisco 49ers were last, last year. And not only that, but you had one running back go down. Then the next day, the next running back go down. And then another running back goes down. And then you got to go pick up these dudes off the street to play running back. You lost defensive players. And yet they're six and three because of Lamar Jackson. Um, he's completing sixty-four percent of his passes, two thousand four hundred and forty-seven yards, fourteen touchdowns, eight interceptions. But then you also have to add the rushing stats, which I think he has over like six hundred yards rushing and some some yards on the ground or some touchdowns on the ground. So when you add all of that up in there, you got to put Lamar Jackson in the conversation. So right now, for me. Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson. I'll put Josh Allen in there because he is having a really good season. And um, entering this conversation now, you know, for me, the next the next two is between Dak and Patrick Mahomes. Now, Pat, I would have I would probably have to give a slight edge to Dak. Um, now, Patrick, he's he's beating him in the yards. He's beating him in the yards. He has twenty nine forty, and Dak has twenty three forty one. But Dak is completing his his seventy percent at a seventy percent clip. 
over 65, which Patrick Mahomes has. Not only that, Dak has thrown less interceptions. He's 20 for f- 20, 20 touchdowns, five interceptions. Patrick Mahomes has 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and Dak and them are six and two. Um, or actually, I think they're seven and two. Yeah, they're seven and two. My bad. But Dak is six and two with the Dallas Cowboys because remember he missed that one game. Um, so I would probably put Dak over Patrick Mahomes just as of right now because he's just having more success than Patrick Mahomes is. Patrick Mahomes has the numbers, but that's just because that's the offense that he's in. But like I said, it had to be Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, um, and Dak Prescott. And to be honest, I would probably go, if we're going in any order, one through five, I would have to go Tom. I would have to go um, Lamar, Dak, Josh Allen, and uh, and Matthew Stafford. Actually, no, I'll put Matthew Stafford over Josh Allen. So, yeah, so Tom Brady, Lamar, Dak, Matthew Stafford, Josh Allen. That's that's the way I would go if I'm ranking my top five MP- MVPs right now. Um, but if you really want to get crazy, you could honestly throw Cooper Cup up in that thing as well because Cooper Cup is having an amazing season right now. Um, he's having an amazing season. He's probably going to break Michael Thomas and and – uh, Calvin Johnson's record for most receiving yards in the season and stuff like that. Um, but right now he's sitting at, I want to say, uh, yeah, he's sitting at 1,141 yards and 10 touchdowns. He has 85 receptions, and we're only 10 games into the season. They still got seven more games to go. So if, if you want to get crazy, you can even throw Cooper Cup up in that MVP race. I don't know who you take out. Maybe take out, in my opinion, maybe take out Josh Allen and put Cooper Cup in there, but, you know, who knows? But that's if you really want to get crazy, you know. Sometimes I do. I, I might actually, you know what, take Josh Allen out of there and put Cooper Cup in there. I, I like to see a, a underdog a underdog get in there as well because, like I said before, I had Derrick Henry in there until he got hurt. Um, so, shoot, just throw Cooper Cup up in there as my top five. He'll be my fifth, my fifth pick. Out of the out of the the five, he'll be my my fifth pick. So yeah, throw Cooper Cup up in there. Um, the next question Damien asked me was, who do I look up to in sports media? Um, to be honest, bro, like there's nobody I really look up to. And well, I, I'm not gonna say there's nobody because I listen to you all. So like you know, I listen to I listen to to your podcast. I listen to Mike Patton's podcast. I listen to Ashley Baker's Ty Ray. You know, uh, the the podcast you, Nikki Jis, and um, Jason Fearman do together, the 3rd and 3 podcast. Um, C. Henry, L.A. Broadus, uh, who else? Uh, uh, Carrie Woods. You know, I listen to all of y'all's podcasts. And, you know, even some that I, I didn't name. I listen to all of y'all's. And just like you said last or a few weeks ago, I try to take everything, from, like, you know, take different things from, from you all with you just how smooth your podcast goes um just you know the the segments the transitions and everything how smooth you are with it um with mike his interviewing skill his interviewing skills um who he has on the show p shark you know all of y'all i take something from each and every one of y'all that i listen to but if it had to be someone you know in the sports media i would say i I do look up to, I guess, Shannon Sharp, mostly when he's talking football. If he's talking basketball or something else, I ain't really, like, trying to hear it. But if he's talking football, 
I can get behind it because, you know, he, he knows his football. Um, you can also look at Ryan Clark, Dan Orlovsky. Um, you can look at a lot of those dudes, and, and when you listen to them talk football, they, they really know their stuff. I also like I Am Athlete podcast on YouTube with Brandon Marshall, Crowder, uh, Fred Taylor, Ocho Cinco, um, all of them. Like, you know, I, I, I like listening to them as well because that's the type of podcast I want where I have a group of people, whether it's, you know, three of us, four of us or whatever, we talking sports, we talking real life stuff. We, you know, and, and talking how sports saved us, what it did for our lives, you know, whatever it may be, however sports af- affected you. Um, but, you know, th- those, I guess those would be the people that I, li- I look up to, uh, that I look up to on, on when it comes to sports, because like I said, I don't really, I don't really like, and I mean, I really don't even watch a lot. Of, like, I watch Undisputed. I watch in NFL Live. So that's why I brought in Dan Orlowski, um, brought in Ryan Clark, even Marcus Spears. You know, people like that, people that are former players, especially when it comes to football because, you know, football is my thing. But, um, but yeah, man, I, I take a little bit of everything from all of you all. I look up to a lot of the stuff that you all do and the way the formats y'all have and everything. So I think for me, that's who it, that's who it would be is is y'all, my 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 counterparts. Um, and then, like I said, there's a few other famous people that that be on TV, ESPN, Fox Network, uh, that be that talk sports, but it's it's mainly the football talking heads over over everything else. To be honest, um, but yeah, that that that's me. Um, but I thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for listening. Go follow your boy on Twitter at DropBallsPod. So you all can ask me questions as well, and I can answer those questions on my show. Um, and, you know, I, like I said, I thank you all for listening every week, week in, week out, tuning in to hear my voice, hear me talk. I know sometimes I stumble over my words. That's me just talking too fast. I got to slow down sometimes, but it is what it is. I, I'll get better with it. I'm getting better with it every time we, we do an episode. But, uh, yeah, man, until next time, y'all be easy. Enjoy the rest of y'all week. Be safe. Peace.